How's your uh, how's All your right, new tattoo dude. healing up? Uh, dude, it's so crazy. She's like, because I've gotten two tattoos before. Yeah. And uh, she's just really gentle with the needle, so it doesn't even hurt. It's really weird. <laughs> so, so, but why you did know, you get seriously? a swastika, though? I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're, uh, you're... Oh, are we starting? <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. God, dude, you got to, like, give me, like, some type of heads up, because then I just, like, have a conversation with you. Well, that, that should be enough of a heads up if I'm, if I'm asking you why you got a swastika. That should be well, a, I, a hint. I realized, I realized that we were starting when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the heads up. You, you're a, and, uh, we, had this, we, had this, uh, we had this conversation before um, when I was or I had been at a, at a wedding, um, and I yeah, met yeah. this Japanese guy there who said he was a professional comedian. And yeah, for yeah. some reason, uh, him and me, I didn't know anybody at the wedding there except for the, uh, the bride who was behind uh, a table with her, with her newlywed husband the whole night. Um, so I, for some reason, I was asked to say something uh, together with that, that guy. And so I said, well, you know, I'm sorry, uh, I don't speak so much Japanese, so I'm going to ask this guy to, to uh, in- interpret for me, which is the okay. perfect setup for, for like any joke, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now as yeah. a comedian, you have basically carte blanche to, to like, I'm going to whisper in your ear and you can just say whatever random shit uh, that you think of. Yeah. And the guy just, uh, you know, every time I whispered into his ear, he was just like, uh, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. And <laughs> but he was as a, a professional a, comedian? That's what he said. Well, he, he told me before we started. So, so. Well, dude, you and I know one other guy. Sometimes your sarcasm just doesn't like Register. translate. Like, I'll play board games with this guy and like a game that I've never played before. So he's yeah. teaching me how to play it, right? And he'll teach you and, wrong to. Well, no, he'll be like, okay, well, why don't you move right there? That seems like a good move. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, no, you fucking idiot. Why would you? I'm like, dude, you didn't give like any sarcastic any tone. Yeah, there was no... How would I have known? Yeah, yeah but the but, uh, point is, uh, as a comedian, you should always be ready to, to, to make a joke, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess. But I mean, if there's a know. setup, if there's a setup yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're but a professional, it, like, you should setup, be able to like, do something. Understanding like setups is an art in itself, so... True, but that's why you're a professional. I guess. I guess. <laughs> if somebody says to me, like, could you draw like a smiley face for me? Because you're an artist. Huh. And then I say, like, uh, no, I'm really not prepared for this. That that'd be weird. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll okay, agree so, to disagree. Uh, what are we talking about today? <laughs> uh, yeah, what what were we talking about today? Because this is uh, oh, welcome everybody. Uh, this this was your uh, this was your idea. So you tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is. Um just biggest idiots and i guess kind of historically but it doesn't have to be like too historically and dude yeah yeah, it's yeah. So, like, so the way the way i wrote it down was biggest idiots that are not directly our friends okay yeah that's a good way to do it that's a good way to do it yeah and we have a lot of yeah because we were talking about one of our friends that's a fucking yeah, idiot yeah <laughs> so uh so you want to start this off uh how about you start this off okay number three yeah okay so my number three is a a dutch person Okay. Called uh, Willem Janszoon. Okay. And is that, a, uh, is that a pretty normal Dutch name, Willem? Willem, yeah. So it's William, Willem. but it's like the Dutch oh, version. Okay. Fucking and, idiots. Uh, I haven't even talked about his last name yet. So Janszoon is basically Johnson. And you know how in, uh, in, in English, if you say Johnson, it's the son of John. Yes. Basically, yes. Right? So Janszoon is the same uh, in Dutch. This 
dude was alive in what we call in in Holland at least the golden century which was um yeah the 16th 17th century where so when you guys the, were like destroying africa <laughs> well when we were very successful at at uh at trading uh slaves yeah i'm just going to leave it there <laughs> yeah, yeah um but no, so so this guy he was exploring the seas around uh, Indonesia, and okay. before uh, what's his name Cook, what's Captain his first Cook? name Captain Cook? Yeah, sure. Let's yeah. let's his first uh, name is Captain. So before before Cook, James Cook, Captain James Cook. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Before good old Jimmy Cook had the chance to land in Australia, he did. So d- during this period. Uh, there was a lot of European competition for control of, of trade in in Asia, and okay. until the 1500s, basically, the Portuguese dominated the, uh, the uh-huh. Southeast Asia waters with help of the Spanish. But in uh, at the end of the 16th century, the Dutch provinces they went to war with the Spanish. Since the uh, the Dutch were just uh, you know genetically uh, superior to the Portuguese, uh-huh. they, uh, they took over most of the of the trading posts. And um, yeah, so so Janssen uh, landed in in Australia in 1606 in in February, in Queensland. But the problem was that he didn't find any gold there, and the uh, the understandably hostile natives uh, made it really difficult for him to to do anything at all there. Uh-huh. He just packed up and left. Um, he called the land he discovered uh, New Zealand after the Dutch province of Zealand. <laughs> really. Yeah, it, it didn't last, uh, but the the name was later adopted by Dutch cartographers for what we now know as New Zealand. So, really? but the, that, yeah, that was Dutch. That's a Dutch name. It is. Yeah, Zealand is a is a province in Holland. You haven't been there yet. Uh, I'll, I'll take you there next time because it's actually pretty. Yeah, nice. I would love to go. Yeah, lots to see. So uh, yeah, he he decided it, he he reported it back to to the. Uh, the officials of the Dutch East Indian Trading Company, but they decided it wasn't worth the bother, and they just left the entire continent up for grabs. Uh, the idiots here were the were the officials of the East Indian Trading Company because they said Australia, Australia, just uh, leave it for the British. Yeah, yeah. And now, I mean, in the current political climate, uh, well, you you could say, of course, that that was a good thing uh, that it was not the Dutch. But <laughs> fr- from from the uh, their perspective, I guess they they were really sorry that they. Uh, that they left so easily. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. God, dude, there's so much history like with the Dutch that you know people don't know that aren't. Yeah, Dutch. yeah, yeah. And True. that's not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing, but the Dutch like went all these places, conquered, did crazy yeah, they shit. they they sure were uh, an uh, an industrious people. Are they now? Because I don't really have that image now. Yeah, but not in the same way. I mean, now you. Uh, Obviously, uh, colonies are uh, are a thing of the past. Um, uh, so, so except China, only, ex- only China yeah. does it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, we, we we could have a conversation about uh, South America and, and what what the U.S. and the CIA has been doing there yeah. for uh, for, oh, for, did they for decades. Oh, they have not done. Don't lie. They have never done anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, um, no. So I, I guess you're now uh, much more constricted to your your physical borders than than you were in yeah, those times. We are. So. Now it's it's the power of ideas that that really uh, makes a country thrive or not. I mean, it it was like the Wild West, but with the world basically 
back. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Much in the British, it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, that was my number number three of, of biggest idiots. All right, my number three. Do you know who Li Bai Li Bai is? Uh, well, if you pronounce it that way, he sounds uh, Swiss. No, no, he's Chinese. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but I mean, they they are pretty close. Um, so he was born in 701, died in 762. Uh, he's actually one of the most famous poem, poets. He's one of the most famous poems, poems in Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the most famous poets in Chinese so, history. So what made this poet an idiot? Um, well, we'll get into that. But I mean, uh, so, you know, he was born in the 700s, which is uh -huh. the Tang Dynasty, which is also known as the golden age of Chinese poetry. Did you know that? Hmm. I did not know that. Well, I mean, there was tons of poetry in like China and Japan. I think Japan kind of blossomed a little bit after China, but it was really influenced by Chinese poetry. Yeah. And uh, this Li Bai guy, mm -hmm. I mean, he's uh, him and his friend, I guess, were like basically, you know, the most famous poets at the time. His friend was Du Fu. <laughs> <laughs> Should I change it and make him in the biggest yeah. idiot for just having the name? Name Du Fu. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so Levi has been accredited to like thousands of poems. Um, yeah. I think at least a thousand of his poems were put into this anthology, well, a bunch of anthologies of Tang Dynasty poems. Yeah. So, you know, this is like thousands of poems, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, he was an uh, industri industrious character. Yeah, yeah, he's a very industrious character. And, you know, he would write poems about, you know, journeys that he would take, places he would go, people that yeah. he met. I mean, it's, you know, Asian poetry, if you guys have uh, ever read uh, Asian. You know what? Yeah. I mean, Japanese poetry is very similar, right? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't nature. know what you mean. You don't? Well, well yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they... they well, I guess poetry in general is similar. Yeah, you know, it is. Nature. Because, you know, they, they, they didn't have much else to write about. about yeah, yeah, it, going it just, places. That was their experience. Yeah. Okay. So why he was an idiot. And this has kind of uh, been contested by some people if this is true. He liked alcohol, apparently. And, you uh -huh. know, people say this isn't true that he died of natural causes. But there's uh, several sources, like in history, historical yeah. sources that say this, is that one night he had uh, some alcohol, was on a boat and got very romantic, you know, with poetry and stuff and saw the moon yeah. reflected yeah. in... <laughs> in the Yangtze River. I, I have a feeling that I know where this is heading. He was so inspired by the beauty of the moon and the river that he tried to kiss it, and he fell <laughs> in and drowned, <laughs> which I think is pretty fucking stupid. Oh, it's, 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 it's quite poetic. He died as he lived. He died, exactly, exactly. So he died <laughs> kissing the moon, which is pretty badass. And, uh, you know, we don't know if it's true or not, but it's like kind of like a celebrated thing in China, apparently. Ah, huh, that's interesting. Is that why they have the yeah, mooncakes, yeah. I wonder? Probably not. That would be yeah. a pretty cool way to die. It, it is, and it reminds me of this other uh, this other story, you know, because we were talking about the, the VOC, as we call it, the East Indian Trading Company. Did you know that on the first ship that reached J Japan from Holland in, in 1600, um, this ship uh, had been adrift on the ocean for a while. Uh, no food, no water, sailors were sick, and, and three of them decided to jump overboard um, when they saw a group of islands. Okay. Did I tell you about this? No, you did not. They saw this group of islands, and, and why was it uh, considered an idiot, uh, idiotic thing to do uh, to jump overboard when you saw islands is that uh, most of the islands, the people that were living there, were not friendly to, to uh, foreign agents. Uh, you would be uh, mostly just skinned alive and, and cooked and eaten. 
So jumping overboard and swimming uh, towards these islands was generally considered suicide. Now, huh. this, this is what the, uh, the people on the ship uh, called the Liefde, which means love, uh, assumed. But if you look now in, into Hawaiian folklore, in Hawaiian folklore around this time, uh, three white dudes um, appeared from the ocean uh-huh. and were recognized to be sent by the gods, by the local uh, uh, ruler, and were, were hailed as such and were married off to princesses and lived out their lives in Hawaiian luxury as kings. So, yeah, what, what, what may seem idiotic to, to, to some... Uh, is actually uh, is actually well it depends on when you decide to jump. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know if you know this. You probably do know this, but I have enough Hawaiian blood in me to get onto certain islands in Hawaii and get special treatment by like the government and stuff. Did you know that? Really? Is is that only though if if you swim and appear from the sea? Well, it means I have to jump in the water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh I God! When I was like a little kid, me and my uh, dad, who's part Hawaiian we we were yeah. able to get in somewhere and my mom was they wouldn't allow her in which is kind of funny yeah well I, I wouldn't allow your mom in, in, in yeah I wouldn't either <laughs> many places but uh yeah yeah <laughs> isn't she part Jewish she is okay well anyway yeah, yeah, my number so. two <laughs> my <Okay>. number two <laughs> is a man you've probably never heard of but uh when I start telling you this story you you will definitely know it's uh it, it his name is Oscar Potiorek and okay. he served as governor of Bosnia and Herzegovina from 1911 to 1914. So um, during this time, the Austrian-Hungarian Empire uh, was what uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina uh, were, were part of. And there was unrest in the empire because some wanted to break free and become independent from the empire. And hmm. this was especially the case in Bosnia. So the, the Archduke of uh, the Austrian-Hungarian Empire, who you know because his name was uh, Franz Ferdinand, heir to the empire's throne and was adamant to, to hold on to the empire for, for yeah, apparent reasons. Uh, okay. So he traveled to Bosnia with his wife, Sofia, uh, for a public event. For this public event, they drive with the local governor by the name of, of Oskar Potiorek. Uh, okay. They drive with him in an open car to town hall, very slowly, uh, as cars uh, weren't very fast back then, waving at people who had gathered along the road to welcome them. Huh. Now, you know, you probably know what happened next. What happened next? Well, somebody in the crowd throws a bomb at the car. Okay. It bounces off the car and hits the car behind, injuring the people <laughs> that car. It's a, that's awesome. So, so the, the attacker is arrested and, uh, yeah, the motorcade rushes towards town hall. So, so Franz uh-huh. Ferdinand, the Archduke, is furious and he wants to Im- abort the whole endeavor. Uh, but the government tells him, uh, don't worry, the danger has passed. The assailant has been taken out. So uh, we can just uh, continue with, uh, with our program. Uh-huh. So uh, Franz Ferdinand agrees, uh, but he does uh, want to visit the hospital to, to visit the wounded from, from the attack. Right then, they Hello? forget... Okay, I'll start that again. (laughs) We we definitely shouldn't cut that out, though. (laughs) No. (laughs) So, so right then, um, uh, they they forget to tell the driver that the route has changed. So, they end up driving down the same road that they had just come by, uh, where the bomb was thrown at them. So, so, uh, apparently, uh, there were six assassins. One of them threw the bomb and was arrested. The other five were still hanging around. 
Gavrilo Princip, uh, one of these six assassins, uh, a member of the Black Hand Secret Society, uh, uh -huh. was waiting around a deli store to see if another chance uh, would rep uh, present itself to, to kill Franz Ferdinand. And it did. Because Franz Ferdinand's driver was told suddenly, oh, you're going the wrong way. He stopped to turn right where Princip was standing. So Princip just walked up to the car, shot Franz in the jugular, and his wife, Sophie... Uh, shot the, him in the jugular? Yeah, he shot him in the jugular with a gun. And his wife, Sophie, uh, not Sophia, Sophie, uh, he shot her in the stomach. He was actually aiming for Oscar Potiorek, the governor, uh -huh. but he missed and, and he accidentally killed the Duchess. They died on the way to the hospital with Franz Ferdinand, like a boss, repeating the words, it's nothing, it's nothing. It's, that's what he said. Yeah, so he was hit in the jugular, blood, uh, blood just that's squirting awesome. out. And he, he said six or seven times he repeated, it's nothing, until he lost consciousness. That's amazing. And that's how the first world war started. So, uh, Oh yeah. Oscar, yeah. 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 I mean, you can probably get into that more with, uh, Dan Carlin's hardcore history. I think he has like an entire, um, yeah, that that's now you sound like my dad. The first time that a poem, uh, that I wrote was read on the air when I was 15, I let him hear it and he was like, yeah, well, my favorite poet would do a lot better. <laughs> that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, so yeah, so, 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 uh, for that reason, I nominate, uh, the governor, Oscar Potiorek, uh, who, who um, convinced Franz Ferdinand that it was completely safe to go out again and, and drive around huh. as, as uh, my number two. Okay. All right. So you talked about the guy that um, was kind of responsible for the beginning of World War I, right? I did. I did. That I did. Um, I'm going to get into the guy that might be responsible for World War Three. Donald Trump? No, uh, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Who's the fucking dumbest it. millennial? What? <laughs> no, get into it. Because um, be before you start, I just want to say I, I know a little bit about this because I used to listen a lot to uh, Hollywood Babylon, which is the uh, podcast that Kevin Smith does. Uh -huh. And he was one of his favorite uh, victims to, to, to make fun of. So, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm he's really easy to make fun of because he's a fucking retard. He's obviously a product of Will Smith's terrible parenting. I've, yeah, well, well, let's let's um, not get political and call him R-worded. Let's just call him an idiot because that's fine. Okay, <laughs> idiot. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> Which is really funny because I guess Will Smith like had like a parental policy where he never says no. Okay, that sounds <laughs> like a great like idea. A, yeah, yeah, sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm not going to get into Jaden Smith's life because it's not even worth talking about. What, are you going to get into can, his death? I'm going to get into his tweets. Okay. Because I've gone onto his Twitter, which I highly recommend that you follow him. He has like 8.8 one or 8.5 million followers which is uh -huh. insane That's so let's just read some of uh my favorite jaden smith tweets sure he's very adamant and also well he has some different views on education these two tweets came at like one minute apart uh-huh education is rebellion and then the second one is school is a tool to brainwash the youth <laughs> <laughs> And then another education one, if everybody in the world dropped out of school, we would have a much more intelligent society. Well, did he drop out of school? 
Um, I don't know, but it sounds like he did from his tweets. Well, it sounds like he didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe he didn't. <laughs> According to him, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, those are some good ones. Here's another one. Everybody get off your phones and go do what you actually want to do. Well, he tweeted that on yeah. his phone. Which is I, I, one, of, one of my favorites was, uh, how can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a great one, dude. That's such a good one. Um, another great one that I found was if newborn babies could speak, they would be the most intelligent beings yeah. on planet Earth. I know that one. <laughs> so good. How, how, how about this one? I am not a human and I don't speak English. Yeah, that's a great one. How about this one? We need to stop teaching the youth about the past and encourage them to change the future. <laughs> The more time you spend awake, the more time you spend asleep. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, so, I think so, his tweets speak for himself. But um, do, you, do you have anything else to, to add to that? Um, the only other thing is that how many of his 8 million followers do you think unironically follow him? Maybe fellow millennials that, I mean, young people, I'm guessing, yeah. you know. You, your, your prefrontal cortex is not completely developed until you're 25 so so if you're if you're under 25 i guess i can give you a pass yeah here's somebody whose prefrontal cortex has not been hey, hey. uh so so uh yeah so did you have anything else on uh, on jaden smith by the way oh, how, i was how gonna do you say i wonder how, how do you spell jaden by the way j-a-y-d-e-n no there's no y in it Oh, J-A-D-E-N. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Maybe I don't have a prefrontal cortex. <laughs> I'm not going to use the R word anymore. More. I'm just going to say they don't have a prefrontal cortex. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, if a cupcake falls from a tree, how far away will it be from down? Yeah, I mean, Wait. he's trying to be a philosopher. If a cupcake falls a... from a tree, how far away will it be from down? What, what does that mean? You speak English. Yeah, I have no idea. He said he doesn't speak English, though. Right? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, yeah, so should I tell you about my number one? Yeah, let me hear about your number one. My number one is Francesco Schettino. He is, or he was, I don't know if, if anybody surpassed him by now. Uh, this is a lot more recent. This is from 2012, uh -huh. uh, uh, in which he was Italy's most hated man. Okay. Have you ever heard of the Costa Concordia? No, but it sounds like every other Italian thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's also I chose this as number one to to really thoroughly make fun of Italians because you know it's it's comforting yeah, to yeah. to know that even in times like these, Italians are always a safe target. Yeah. Fucking Italians with their pasta and their wine. Yeah, fuck man. <laughs> that uh, yeah, I mean that's why they started freaking out about Corona, man. As soon as they found out that like taste buds don't work when you get Corona is when they started freaking out because they <laughs> couldn't taste their pizza and shit. <laughs> uh, the Costa Concordia was one of the biggest ships in Italy, almost okay. a thousand feet long with 13 wow. crews, a cruise ship that cost uh, 415 million Italian dollars. Uh, so that's 570 okay. million uh, US. This could hold about 6,000 people. So it was a big ship. And this huge uh, cruise ship was expertly sunk by, by its captain on the 13th of January in 2012. The weather was slightly overcast. The sea was calm. So what happened? 
the ship was performing what is known as a sail by salute. So this is where a ship passes close to an island, so both the uh, the passengers on the ship can get a unique view of the island, and people on the island get a chance to, to salute the ship. And in doing this, it deviated from its original course. Well, uh, the passengers certainly did get a unique uh, view uh, because of a misunderstanding between the captain and, and the officer at helm. The angle at which the ship turned was way too wide, and the ship came much closer to the island than the captain had intended, which he noticed when he returned to the bridge with his mistress. He immediately orders the, the officer to turn sharper, but it was too late. They hit a rock and a 60 meters, so, the, so that's a 175 feet gash, is opened up in the side of the ship. Oof. So the engine room floods, they lose all power, and they, they don't send out an SOS. Why? Uh, <laughs> because they think they have it under control, and they, are telling, they tell the passengers that they're dealing with a blackout. So in the meantime, seven compartments on the bottom of the uh, bottom level of the ship flood. So by this point, the ship is starting to tilt, and passengers make their way down to the lifeboats, but they're told by the crew that everything is under control. Well, guess what? It wasn't. Half an hour later, the ship is at an even steeper angle, and the passengers just stop listening to the crew and take to the lifeboats themselves. So finally, the captain uh, gives the uh, sign "abandon ship." And, and does call uh, out to the Coast Guard. And completely against any maritime rule, he himself is one of the first people on the lifeboats. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Dude, uh, I'm gonna see if I can, if I can add uh, the, uh, the recording uh, to the podcast. It's in Italian, so, so you won't understand what they're saying, not you or me anyway. Um, but, but it was amazing. Like, <laughs> so something like that. Yes, there, there's yeah. an amazing recording between uh, the officer on, on shore and the, and the, the captain, uh, where he is ordered to get back on board right fucking now and report how many women, children, and people in need there are on the ship. And so he <laughs> wasn't just an idiot; he was a coward too, basically. Well, it's 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 really it's it's amazing to hear him just grovel and, and saying he's a uh, well. He says like um, I, I'm coordinating the rescue operation from land. That's <laughs> what he said. Yeah, and so the uh, the officer tells him like this conversation is being recorded. I will personally make sure that you get in deep shit if you don't get the fuck back on that ship right now because. Uh, at this point, the uh, the ship is just like completely on its side, and and then because it cannot launch any more uh, rescue ships or what we call them uh, rafts, uh, there's just a rope hanging from the side of the ship where passengers are climbing down. So uh, so so the officer uh, on shore is is ordering the captain to climb up that rope and and get back on the huh. ship. Uh, he never returns to the ship. 27 passengers and five crew members died. Uh, mostly, uh, they were trapped in elevators and, and on lower decks, and they drowned. The the salvage operation after cost 1.2 billion dollars. Huh. So so what was uh, Scatina's story? Again, he, he says he had been coordinating the rescue operation from land. From land. <laughs> because this is the best excuse I've ever heard. But he said he um, he slipped. And he tripped and he stumbled into a lifeboat as it was leaving the ship. <laughs> he sounds like, what's his name? Uh, the, the Indian um, yoga guy who said he slipped and fell into the woman's vagina. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> what, what, uh, what was his name? The, the guy who set up uh, the hot, hot yoga, yoga, right? 
Well, he got a 16-year jail sentence for manslaughter, sinking the ship, and abandoning it. Wait, how many people died? 33 people died. At the time of the accident, he was uh, on the bridge with his mistress. Yeah, well, uh, another reason why he's, uh, he's the most hated man in Italy. Well, he was also showing his mistress the island. This oh, is nice. Yeah, yeah, really good way to impress a lady. Impress a lady. Not surprising. Not surprising that he's so, yeah, so, All right, so, should so, I move on to my number one? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my number one is actually one of your countrymen. Oh. And I will uh, tell you his American name and see if you know who he is, okay? You do tell. Thomas Andrew Colonel Tom Parker. Do you know who that is? Yes, I do. I do. You, you I, do? I have to, you I have to think for a second, but yeah, yeah, I do. Um, it has something to do with a, with a toilet and a hamburger, right? Uh, yeah, it, well, kind of does kinda in some does, ways. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Colonel well, Tom ahead. Parker. He was Elvis's manager who was Dutch-born, right? Yeah, he was. Is he well, pretty well known in Holland? Nope. Because Elvis, no, 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 no. Because Elvis wasn't was never as big as let's say the the Stones or the Beatles. So there, there's there are Elvis fans and there there are like really uh, big Elvis fans as well, uh, even Elvis impersonators. But he's always been more of a uh, a, a symbol than than huh. really a, a musical icon. Let's say. Yeah. Well, I mean, he um very interesting guy, and I, I I'm not gonna say he's a complete idiot. Um, there's kind of a main reason why I chose the idiot part of this, but just to give some background information, he, uh, God, there's so many ships and jumping in the water and stuff like this. Um, according to the website that I read, he, uh, jumped ship. Literally, uh, I don't think, it, I don't think it was literally, <laughs> no. but he got into America when he was 18 and it's weird because he never got an American citizenship, huh. which he could have gotten. I, I guess he was like freaked out that they were going to deport him. Okay. And that was the reason why he never allowed Applied. Elvis to tour outside of America. How insane uh, is that? Because he that couldn't go insane. with him? Yeah, yeah. Dude, Elvis was like, you know, one of the biggest acts of all time. Yeah. And because of this guy, Elvis never toured outside of America. I mean, it's pretty amazing, you know? So and he, he, I, just, know, he, he really had his under his thumb? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the Rolling Stones. but I know. <laughs> but still... Dude, do you have a prefrontal cortex? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, but he is a genius. You know, he kind of provided uh, Elvis with his fir first hit, you know, Heartbreak Hotel, which was yeah. on RCA Records. Um, and, I mean, he made a lot of money from Elvis. I don't know how ethical this is, you know what I mean? But it was 50%. And I think he, you know, racked up about $100 million from Elvis's estate. Yeah. You know, even after Elvis died and ended up basically, he spent it all on gambling in Las Vegas. Um, that sounds And it was only, yeah, he didn't have even a million dollars left in his account by the time. Imagine using all of that money, man. That's well, so... and, and, and then he's, he's still richer than me. Yeah. yeah I was going to say richer than you that's... and me, but that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, well, I mean, it's kind of sad, you know. I mean, everything about Elvis ends up being sad in the end. His manager didn't even. Yeah, so because because what what happened? How how did he meet Elvis? Parker found Elvis, I guess, in um, 1955. He was originally like a carnival worker. He first found this other guy, Tommy Sands, who he, nobody knows, you know, who he is yeah. at all. And through that, he found Elvis. And as you know, Elvis was on RCA Records. Do you know that? Yeah. There's a bunch of silly things that this 
Colonel Tom Parker did. Like, apparently, you know, he was in Vegas all the time. You know what I mean? And he really pissed off Eddie Murphy by rubbing his head for good luck. (laughs) 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 But that's not the reason why I chose him as my number one. I chose him as my number one because he produced the greatest rock and roll album of all time. Have you heard about this? Uh, No, I have not. Okay, so... um, Elvis, as you know, as I said, he was contracted through RCA Records and all of the music was copywritten through RCA Records. Yeah. And Colonel Tom Parker was thinking, like, how can I make some type of money from this? So he decided to make an album himself through his own record company, Mm -hmm. but he didn't own any of Elvis's songs, so he couldn't use any of Elvis's songs. His record company was Boxcar Records. So he decided to make um, a spoken word album by Elvis (laughs) called Fun with Elvis on Stage. Wow. And what the album consisted of was just like the in-between talking points that Elvis had in between his songs. (laughs) So he just cut out all All of Elvis's all of the music and just put in all these talking points. But some of the parts of the talking points had copywritten stuff too. So nothing was in context. And like, you know, Elvis would say jokes, but there would be no setup for the joke. So it was not funny for anybody listening to it. And it's basically considered the worst rock and roll album of all time. Oh, wow. Is that still, is that still available? I think it is probably, we could probably find it on, um, you know, Apple Music or something, but it actually reached 130 on the billboard at one point, even though Elvis like really hated it himself. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It, it, also, like a lot of the stuff Elvis was saying, I guess, apparently on stage was completely incoherent. Like you didn't understand like, <laughs> anything that he was saying. So. Yeah, kind of like that. Kind of like that. Yeah, kind of like this, which should probably bring us to the end, huh? Yeah, so, so you know what his uh, original name was because it wasn't born as Tom Parker. Yeah, yeah. His original name was. I'd, I'd love uh, to hear Andr- you read this. Andres Cornelius van Kuch. <laughs> no, it's Andreas Cornelius van Kauk. Van Kauk. So, how did he earn his nickname, the Colonel? How did he earn it? Um, that, that's kind of uh, that's kind of touchy, a uh, touchy subject uh, now because. So he was a, a carnival worker by background. And wow. when he started uh, promoting music, he promoted a, a very grateful singer, Jimmy Davis, uh, who became the, the governor of Louisiana. He gave him the nickname, the Colonel, uh, out of gratitude. Uh, but this Jimmy Davis was a staunch segregationist who thought black and white people should, uh, should, should always be separated. Let's just say if, if there was, um, if there was a, a statue of, of, uh, of this Colonel, it wouldn't have survived. Colonel definitely would have been struck down. If any, if any statue should have been struck down, it's it's his. He was also he was not only uh, uh, supported by segregationists. He was also kind of yeah. to blame for for Elvis's death. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Anyway, I guess that's our idiots that we don't know. I hope people know know a little bit more about about these idiots now than than when we started the podcast. But yeah, yeah, I think it was a pretty diverse group too. So I, I think we can pat ourselves on the on the back. I'll see you next week. I guess I will. I guess I will. Right. Bye everybody. Bye bye everybody. Bye bye bye. That was that was a good one. I think. <laughs>